You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Good morning, Twins territory. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. On a beautiful Easter Sunday here in Baltimore, Maryland, Twins and the Orioles wrapping up this three-game weekend series. And first, Rocco, uh, happy Easter Sunday to you and your family. What was Easter Sunday like for you growing up? Well, uh, growing up, I, I uh, would go to church with the family, and we would. when you're real young and you're getting excited for... Uh, Easter egg hunts and things like that and kind of getting together with uh, friends and family are really what it's all about. That's really uh, the memories of, of me back in Rhode Island. Chatting with some people at the hotel this morning, asking them that same question. Certainly in Minnesota, if the weather was nice, you'd have some family time. But then afternoon, you got through brunch, baseball, being outside, playing sport. Was that was that a part of your Sundays as well? Yeah, if it was if it was nice out generally, uh, that was a part of, of every day for me and uh you know, a lot of the time it would be, uh, if it's nice out, you go outside in the morning and you're generally outside till it was nighttime. And then you get, you know, not yelled at, but yelled to, and, uh, you come on in, but that's, um, that's again, that's a, a huge part of, uh, my life growing up and, and part of a lot of my memories. I'll take it back to, to the day yesterday, you win both games and going in, if you could have scripted how that would have gone, was that an ideal scenario? Not just winning, but not maximize, not having to, to use your bullpen as often as teams do sometimes when you play doubleheaders. Yeah. If you're looking at it, you're really hoping that your starters can get you at least through the middle of the game, which we got. And you're hoping that you don't have to use too much of your bullpen, especially in the first game, which we also got from our guys. You hope for enough enough runs to, to give you a chance to win, and we got more than that. So... Um, Every way that you kind of want to look at this, any way you want to look at it, we um, we had a good day, and I'm sure our guys are feeling good. Um, it always helps after playing, too, if you're able to. Um, you know, first of all, it's hard to win two games in one day and to, to stay focused and to be able to go out there and do your job for uh, you know the course of hours and hours over the day. It's not the easiest thing. Our guys did it, and uh, you know we're feeling pretty good right now. You know, and we were, full disclosure, we were kind of dogging you and Derek late in the ball game last night because Eddie Rosario was denied a chance to make some history. He became the third twin to ever have back-to-back multi-homer games. No twin has ever done it three straight games after his second at bat, another home run. We thought he'd have another chance, but it took him out, man. What we'll need is uh, some sort of... Um... PR, some kind of someone that's going to come, someone that's going to let us know these kinds of things because, um, you know, you try to take note of what's going on in the game when you're in the dugout. Uh, but you definitely don't know all of those things. And, you know, there are certain times where guys are, you know, even going for, uh, 
cycles and you you're locked in on the game and you're not locked in on how many hits a guy has or things like that there that can happen too and uh you know this might be a a, you know a little bit uh different example but um kind of the same thing do you weigh that though seriously if a guy maybe is a a, a double shy of the cycle and it's a lopsided game maybe been in that situation as a coach as a player but now as a manager does individual accomplishment ever factor into that late in a ball game I think I think sometimes it does, and I say that because um, some of those things are are important, and, and to different players they're they're more or less important. And guys, I think care maybe a little bit more about them sometimes than others. But um, if a guy cares about it, then then we should care about it as a manager, as a coach. Um, anything that the that the player cares about, we need to take into consideration and think about and spend some time on. So doesn't necessarily always mean uh, you know you leave the player in so he can accomplish the the personal feat but it might it might eight home runs there in the nightcap too and it was a tightly played first game twins won that one by one but as for the night game last night when the hitters have that kind of night what's the dialogue like inside the dugout obviously everybody's happy everybody's having a good time are they talking about what they are seeing from the pitcher or is it just have fun swing the bat we love hitting here well I think um in general one you don't I don't care what team it is I don't care if it's the greatest offensive team of all time you don't have too many nights like that it was a pretty special uh night for for you know just about everyone and it it was it was a lot of uh it's a lot of fun when when you are swinging the bats like that and you're really feeling it um you know you 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 want to enjoy it um and you you don't want to overthink it you want to kind of take it you know, as it comes and like really, you know, as, as a manager and a coach, you're not necessarily going to be smiling the whole game. But if you're a player, I mean, why wouldn't you be smiling the whole game if you're an offensive guy swinging the bat well and, and enjoying it? And I don't think guys are sitting there dissecting what's going on and talking about, you know, every uh, last detail of the situation. I think they were just taking it all in and and letting the energy kind of carry on and uh, hopefully watching the next teammate do something good. And, and I would love to see that and say that we're going to see that kind of production day in and day out. Unlikely that'll happen. But don't you think that's going to be the fabric, though, of this team, that the offense, the power that this lineup has day in and day out may drive this thing throughout the summer? I think it, it could be a strength of ours. And, you know, even the best teams go go through, uh, you know, some kind of spurt up and down over the course of the year, and and you kind of waver. But as a whole, I think – um, we do have a, a very solid offensive group that has good at bats. And, you know, when you have those good quality at bats, whether or not you're hitting the ball over the fence and extra base hits and things like that, you always give yourself a chance. You give yourself a chance to um, do your job. So if the pitcher falters in any way, um, you're there to take advantage of it. And I think we have that kind of group that, that over time will – We'll leave us in a position in a lot of these games to win a game. Even when we're not swinging the bats like we did last night, we can always have that opportunity. And there have been a few guys that have not had the start that Polanco has had or Buxton has had or Rosario has had. How much do you attribute that to to cold weather? Because Byron said it felt good yesterday after game one just swinging the bat with temperatures in the 70s. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's something that whoever you are and if you played uh, professional baseball for a period of time you've had to play in cold weather and I think anyone um, that's gone through this experience in any way understands that the game is different when you're playing in you know 25 35 40 degree weather and you have wind and you have you know 
basically freezing rain coming down on you, um, you're going to do things differently. You're going to swing the bat differently. Um, whether or not you can feel your hands does matter the way when, when you're up at the plate. It also matters for the pitchers as well um, with what they're going to be able to feel and do. So this is baseball, and it, I, I think it's meant to be played in, you know, conditions where, you know, you, you have feel for what you're doing, um, and you're, you're somewhat comfortable at least. And there were a few games where we probably didn't have that luxury, and we'll battle through those games. But I think we'll really get to see um, what our guys are once we do get into that better weather. And, you know, we hit the road a little bit, but once we get home, I think uh, things will probably warm up a little bit for us from what we've been working in. We'll take our first break here at Inside Twins. When we come back, we'll shift gears and talk pitching. Also get a health update. We had a couple of guys that uh, were unavailable for the games yesterday with Kepler and Parker. We'll get Rocco's take on that coming up. Inside Twins brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Continues from Baltimore next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli, Twins manager on just a beautiful Sunday here in Baltimore. Sunshine, warm temperature should be a great day for baseball once again here at Camden Yards. We spent the first segment, Rocco, focused on offense now to pitching. Kyle Gibson starts so far this season. How much do you attribute that to the health that he was dealing with, the health issues he was dealing with back in January? Is he full go now after dealing with the E. coli in January? Well, I, I certainly consider him full go, and I think for, for you know long spurts, he's throwing the ball very well for us, and I would anticipate him uh, you know, really coming into his own and, and um, you know, if he can eliminate these these very small periods of time, um, you know, where he's not feeling it as as uh, he would like to, and, and commanding the ball like he would like to, um, I think we're ready to to see the uh, the really good Gibby who we can go out there and and really rely on to get us deep into these games. And I know that's what he fully expects of himself, and that's what we think we're going to see as well. Has it been just one bad inning when when things have gone you know poorly for him? Has it been not just that it's it's a continuous process that you know a guy here and a guy there bad? Is it one inning? Well, I mean, I, I can't say that in in you know all of his outings or in most of his outings it's been one inning, but I think it's been localized. I guess I can say it more more that way. And and he'll throw the ball very very well and and be feeling really good. And he'll tell us he's he's you know that he's feeling he's feeling pretty good out there and um, and we can see it, but. Um, it's when you can it's when you can uh, you know really just eliminate those those really small periods of time where you're just you know you lose it for a few batters or something like that and you know when when it has happened you know we haven't found a way to to bail him out or help him out behind him as well so I think um, I think we're we're getting ready to see the the Gibby that uh, that we know and and when it comes to his uh, his off season and his preparation for spring training, first of all, he did everything he possibly could to put himself in a in a position to prepare for the season. His stuff has been good despite being uh, you know a little bit behind in camp. The stuff has been good the whole way. Um, did, did it affect him in any way? I think I'd have to let him probably answer that as opposed to me. He says he feels good, but I know he's a competitive guy and, and wants to be out there and would never really acknowledge uh, that for the most part. But um, I, I, I will say it probably was a, a challenging offseason for him in a lot of ways, and early in camp maybe even a little bit challenging uh, compared to a typical camp because what he was dealing with was uh, was not funny in any way. It was, it was a very serious uh, situation, but he, you know, the way he's gotten here, where we're at right now, I think he looks good. 
Yeah, sticking with the pitching, even going back to the night game last night and the, the velocity that Martin Perez displayed in spring training with his fastball, but that cutter too, 89 to 91, that has maintained so far this season. Yeah, he's uh, he's maintained his stuff uh, impressively. And when he came into camp, um, you know, he looked good in the bullpen, but there was no way to really know what we were kind of working with or, or dealing with. But we knew he had the ability to manipulate the ball and do different things. He's been predominantly a two-seam fastball guy. He's, he's pumped a lot of low 90s two-seam fastballs in there and, and looked for um, looked for contact. And he's added a few uh, a few new things into his, uh, into his book. And, and the velo is ticked up. I mean, it, it, when the velo ticks up, that means generally um, his other pitches will also tick up in some ways. And then you have potentially a different animal, and I think he's learning to harness this uh, this newfound uh, you know stuff, if you want to call it that. And um, it, honestly, it's been very fun to watch him and his uh, his progression. After the game today, the team will head to Houston for a three-game series uh, beginning on Monday night. Odorizzi will go in Game 1, Pineda Game 2, but the rainout on Friday took us away from a Barrios-Verlander matchup, unfortunately. So come Wednesday, what are your options to start, and who will start for that game on Wednesday night? Well, you're right. Um, it does put us in a situation where we have to uh, we have to think about a lot of different things. Can I answer that question? I, I can't answer that question as we sit here right now. Um, we have some options where you know maybe there there is not a, a move to be made, and we handle it uh, in house with the guys that we have right here. And that would probably include also uh, I don't want to call it a, a bullpen day in some ways, but I guess there's a possibility of that. Um, or we or we uh, we call to uh, to AAA and we we bring someone up for a uh, sort of a spot start and and we work uh, from there. But a move would have to be made if that were the case. Um, and again, as we sit here, we still have too much time in between uh, now and uh, and Wednesday um, to actually say for, with any certainty really what we're going to do. But knowing that we have options makes you feel okay about it. Speaking of the bullpen, the, the length that you got from Ryan Harper the other night, three and a third scoreless innings, is, is, is he beginning to stretch out more? Could he become a long man, or was that just a one-time showing with the length that he provided that night? Well, one interesting thing that we got to see in spring training was um, we left Harp out there one day and, and we said, you know, I wonder if Harp can actually give us this length in addition to being a one-inning guy as well. And um, he said he had no issue with it. And he went out there and he threw the ball well and his stuff maintained well um, throughout the outing. And it gave us uh, some confidence in, in being able to, to use him in those uh, in those fashions. And um, we finally got a chance to see it here uh, during the regular season. And he threw he threw the ball so so well and um, he's been a he's a he's a reliable guy not even just on the mound just as a person he gets his work in he's got a very reliable personality and uh, you know he's an even keel kind of guy and he takes care of his business he's done he's done nothing but good things he's been incredibly impressive and and watching him spin the ball um, it's pretty unique I mean not many people have the ability to spin the ball like that and locate like that. Speaking of the bullpen, in the first game yesterday, you used Taylor Rogers for a two-inning save, and I would imagine that some of that had to do with the health of Blake Parker. He was unavailable under the weather. Both Parker could not play. Max Kepler could not play. As we chat here this morning, how are those guys feeling? Well, they're doing better. Um, over the course of the day yesterday, there were periods of time where we thought they could be available if we needed them. Um, ultimately we didn't uh we didn't have to use them so we had uh we kind of lucked out in in some ways where it didn't come back to uh 
to bite us, but they are feeling better and uh, and they're they're doing fine. And 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 truthfully, being able to throw uh, Raj um, two innings in the first game, um, it it kind of helps you. The fewer relievers that you have to use in the first game, um, the better off you are in game two because you really don't want to have to use guys in both games if you don't have to. So. Um, that's that's something that that's a luxury we have guys that can go out there and do things like that and Raj is open to doing things like that he has incredible ability and you know you can use him in just about any fashion that you want and he's ready to go so that was very nice and and made things a little bit easier we'll take a break come back have our final segment with Rocco Baldelli inside twins brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer we'll continue from Baltimore next on your home for Twins Baseball final segment of inside twins brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer made in Minnesota it's how memories are created and legends are made back with Rocco Baldelli to wrap up our Sunday show game three coming up uh, in just a bit it'll be Kyle Gibson for the twins and Dylan Bundy opposing for the Orioles away from your team if we could finish up the other show with some other topics around the game and one that I think really caught the attention of many who followed the game earlier in the week is what transpired in Chicago. The Royals, White Sox, benches were emptied, managers were jawing at each other, uh, Ned Yost and Rick Renteria, and a lot of it had to do with Tim Anderson and what he's done in the past and what he did again with uh, you know celebrating a home run. And we see this, this model of let the kids play. It, it brings up a lot of debate, and I'm curious to get your take on that. As a former player, not too far removed from your playing days, but more as a manager in today's era. Well, I, for one, this is a, a this is a pretty complicated issue. This isn't something that I don't think anyone can feel firmly on all the way around and, and say that every situation is exactly the same. Um, you know, I'm I'm all for players uh, showing personality and showing who they are. Um, I don't like. Uh, trying to tell every guy out here that they have to act like a robot when they go out there on the field. That's, um, you know, you're asking people to uh, to be somebody else. And, and that's one thing that, that I feel very strongly about, that, that you should never have to show up here to, to work, to the baseball field, go out there and play the game and feel like you have to be someone else. And so that complicates things because everyone's different and everyone feels like uh, they they can or should or want to, uh, you know, act a certain way when they're out in the field. I also feel strongly about respecting everyone on the field. Um, But my definition of what respecting um, the opposing team or the opposing hitters or pitchers, um, my definition of what that is might be different than yours or might be different than some of the players. So I think we're always going to end up in uh, situations where there's some differences in opinion. Um, you know, when a, when a guy flips his bat, it's probably not all, uh, it's probably not the same and everyone is different. And if you're, if you're, uh, pointing your, uh, you know, emotion or you're saying things or doing things with an eye towards the other team, I think that's one thing. If you're doing it, um, because you're excited about what happened and you're focusing your attention on your own team and, and, and celebrating something with your own team, I, I consider that different too. And I think, um, I, I think every one of these situations is, uh, has to be treated in and of itself. Um, but I, but I, I, I can certainly see both sides of it. And you know what? We'll treat every single situation as it comes. And should, and maybe this is easier said than done, uh, being in the role that you're in right now, should the game police itself in situations when the bench is empty before suspensions are ever even handed out? Should the game police itself more today than, than it really is? Um, I, I think that there are ways for uh, 
both teams to communicate. Sometimes it's you're actually verbally saying things or maybe even yelling things. But I think um, there are ways to communicate about things that are happening. And, and I think that there's also prob- there also probably has to be some, some understanding where when, when you're in, in a dugout and you have to look across the other way and kind of judge what's going on, um, I think judging everything in a, in a fiery way and getting upset about every single thing that another team or another player does probably doesn't help things. It probably escalates a lot of different situations, in my opinion. Um, but you also have to acknowledge when you are, you know, when you are being disrespected or when something dangerous is happening out on the field. You have to protect your players, and you do have to protect. Um, you just have to protect your guys, both, both, you know. For their health and and just so you can actually be the one that's doing it for them so they actually don't have to be the one that protects themselves every single time something happens it is complicated like I said at the very beginning of this but it's something that we have to keep paying a lot of attention to and keep talking about I think Final minute of your show here on this Sunday what about your lineup here for game three well, we're going to get uh, kind of like a, a combination of, of what we've seen over the first two games. We've talked about it. We have the luxury of having quality players throughout our roster that we can call upon uh, at different times. We've talked about the, the three-catcher situation. We're going to have Astadio uh, out there today. We're going to get uh, AD in there for Marwin and um, give him an opportunity to, to uh, get out there, get going, and get Marwin off his feet after a long day and a, and a productive day uh, yesterday. And uh, Kep's not going to start the game um, today. We're going to have Cave out there for him again as he kind of, uh, you know, builds back up. But he'll be available if we need him uh, for anything he's feeling. He is feeling better like we talked about. And so, um, you know, uh, otherwise we're going we're gonna to kind of have that combination of, uh, of, our, of our standard uh, typical lineup that we've been throwing out there with a few, uh, with a few guys thrown in there. Thanks for your time. Appreciate your time here on the show today. Good luck here in Game 3. Thank you, Corey. That's Rocco Baldelli. We enjoy his company here on this Sunday program. Stay tuned. The pregame show with Chris is coming up next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.